0: Whenever the holidays roll around, I see an increase in stress in the clients that I support and just in general with all the moms and families who are working really hard to manage all of the details of the holidays, make sure they see everybody that they care about, and just in general trying to do it all. But what makes this different if you are a perinatal person, whether you are going through infertility challenges, you're pregnant, you experienced a perinatal loss, or you are postpartum, is that you are going through holiday seasons with an increase of stress and trying to manage all of those changes plus the addition of all of the holiday busyness can be a lot for a lot of people. So for this episode, I am bringing you an encore of our episode on how to manage holiday stress with several really great tips on how you can manage your stress during this period of time and not just to manage your stress, but also When we are able to manage things in a way that's sustainable for us, we're actually able to enjoy things more. So my hope for everyone who's listening, who's trying to figure out how to manage everything is to use some of these crafty tips and tools so that the overwhelm of the holidays doesn't take over. I'm a really big advocate for any perinatal person coming into any holiday season that it does not need to be your responsibility to host or take care of your entire family or do everything you've always done plus all the new stuff you're doing. If this is the first year going through a holiday season with fertility challenges, during pregnancy, after a loss, or with a new baby, please, please, please treat yourself with kindness and take some things off of your list to do. We'll get into those details as we get into this episode. Welcome to Mom and Mind, where we dive into all aspects of perinatal mental health and wellness related to pregnancy, birth, loss, postpartum, and new parenthood. It's so much more than postpartum depression. We raise the volume on all of these topics in the hopes that someday everyone will have the support and info that they deserve before they need it. Please note this podcast is not a replacement for treatment by a professional or professional training. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Mom and Mind. I'm Dr. Kat. I haven't sat down just to have a chat with you guys directly in quite some time. It's been a while since I've done any soapbox episodes or just chatted about some really important topics. And I've been thinking a lot about the holidays and how difficult it can be for some people with just the increased level of stress and having family around, let alone the kind of physical, emotional load of pregnancy or perinatal loss or early postpartum. So I wanted to jump on and offer a couple of suggestions or thoughts about self-care during this time and kind of figure out how to make it through this holiday season with some ways to manage stress. So I'm going to give you some of my ideas and tips on how to manage. This can be sort of like your survival guide for getting through the holidays. This podcast is supported by Understood Explains. As parents, we are often having to figure out things as we go. And that is very true for our children's education. And to help you out, I want to tell you about a podcast called Understood Explains. This season is hosted by teacher and special education expert Uliana Ortube, and she discusses all the things you'd want to know about individual education plans, or IEPs, what they are, why they're needed, who benefits from them, and what to expect when you have meetings with teachers. I could have really used this podcast when my son had an IEP for speech when he was six. I was overwhelmed trying to understand the process and what everything meant. The episode on Understood Explains, Does My Child Need an IEP? was the kind of info that would have really helped me get the most out of the educational support of the IEP for my son. And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains.
1: Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter free.
0: And while, yes, there are some very, very lovely parts of the holidays, there can be some really great, positive, wonderful things happening during the holidays. And also, I think since we are seeing, you know, all of the holiday cheer everywhere and commercials about happiness and Gathering with family and friends and the prevailing messages are still that this is, you know, a very happy time. It's a joyous time and family's getting together and everyone loves each other and everyone's happy all the time. And it's just this other pressure, this unseen pressure that we feel is that we're supposed to be having a good time. And it's supposed to, I don't know, you know, look like a Pinterest threw up all over our house. And again, one of these just enormous unseen pressures of the holiday season, pressures of motherhood specifically during the holiday season, I think are just doubled. And so there's a bit of my soapbox there. I'm going to call that out. (laughs) It's, yeah, that double pressure that we feel that, okay, it's the holidays. There's all these things that need to get taken care of, all of these people that need to get taken care of. And somehow I'm supposed to do all of this and if you're not feeling well, if you're not feeling like yourself, if you're having a hard time, it's just that much harder. So first off, I'm going to talk about one of my very favorite things, which is boundaries. I love a good boundary. <laughs> They're not always easy to do, not always easy to keep, and sometimes even a little bit confusing. And there are so many different Ways that we can set boundaries and for so many different things. So I'll give you like a brief list of things that we can set boundaries around family and family time, friends and friend time, activities that you do or don't want to do, setting limits for topics that you do not want to talk about, how much time you're going to spend at anybody's house, or how much time anybody's going to spend at your house. How much money you're going to spend even that can be a really important boundary. Again, there's that pressure to spend, spend, spend and all the commercials and pressure and inundation of everything really. So yeah, what I really think is powerful is to kind of sit and think a little bit and be mindful and intentional about the holidays and what thinking for yourself about what are the things that generally bring you stress? What are the things that you anticipate being difficult? And that could even be a conversation. It could be an interaction, those kinds of things. And what do you anticipate your needs are? And to think a little bit more deeply about that, you can even think for in past holiday seasons, what ended up feeling bad for you? What ended up being way too stressful for you? So you can both kind of do a review of things that were difficult for you in the past and also think ahead into what your current situation is and what you think you might need. So what does that include for you? Does that include setting time limits that you're going to be places? Let's say you're going to a family member's house and you know that, I don't know, I'm going to make up a story, kind of, that you know that after two hours of being there, it starts to get a little uncomfortable for you and that you start kind of feeling like you don't want to be there anymore. So is there a way for you to sort of creatively have an out? Either that you and your partner or whoever you're going with to this function decide on ahead of time, like, hey, let's have a three hour time limit on this particular gathering. You can like make up hand signals even, you know, (laughs) to shoot across the room or have some way of communicating with your partner that it is time to go. You can talk about it ahead of time. So your boundaries don't necessarily need to be communicated with the people you're keeping the boundary with. It can be an internal knowing, something that you know that is your limit, and that you have a plan on how to handle that and manage that. Or you can set a limit that is both honoring your time and honoring your relationship with them without necessarily having to make up a lie to get out of it especially if you're dealing with a difficult pregnancy or you're tired a lot, or you just had a baby. Sometimes it's a little bit easier to set a boundary because you can sort of, you know, just say that you're tired and you need to go. So you can have those kinds of boundaries with time, you know, a three hour limit. You can have those kinds of boundaries with your partner, spouse, your family that you're going there with, like, that you guys discuss ahead of time. So there's no surprises when you're there. And or you can communicate boundaries ahead of time to the people you're going to be visiting with or people who are going to be at your home. Now, what I find so difficult about boundaries is that sometimes people don't keep them because they feel bad or guilty that they're setting them. They don't want to upset anyone. They don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But you know what is really, really interesting is that when we don't set a boundary that's healthy for us and also respectful of our relationship with the other person over time or maybe very quickly, we can develop resentment, resentment and anger towards the other person. And it's really fascinating because, you know, we are usually giving up parts of ourselves in order to accommodate what we think other people need. And then when we do that, it feels really disingenuous. It feels yucky. And then we can kind of be irritated at the other people for sort of making us feel like we need to take care of them. And so it, the not setting the boundary, not setting the limit actually ends up kind of backfiring. And it can sometimes put tension in the relationship. So really, boundaries are about taking care of yourself and the other person in the relationship or the other people in the relationship. Having honest and compassionate boundaries is healthy. It's really, really good for us. The other downside difficulty with boundaries is that sometimes the people we're setting boundaries with don't understand and don't accept our boundaries, which is very hard. And also, when people don't accept your boundaries, it doesn't mean that you can't or shouldn't have them. Sometimes that's actually a sign that you really, really need the boundary. If you're communicating with somebody who doesn't accept your boundary or who pushes back or gets defensive or gets angry, that's a sign generally that the boundary actually really needs to be there for many reasons. It could be many reasons, but for one, for just your kind of emotional, energetic protection. So recap on boundaries deciding for yourself internally what your needs are and what your limits are. Nobody even has to know about that, but you can enforce them how you need to. Or you can set a boundary by having communication with the people who are going to be with you about what your needs are. And you guys can come to some sort of agreed upon arrangement for, you know, I'm thinking primarily of interactions with other family members or events. Or you can ahead of time communicate your needs or your limits or boundaries to the people who are coming to visit you or who that you're going to visit. There's another trick that I particularly love that is useful when you are in a situation and you kind of need a timeout. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't honor that need for ourselves. But if you're like, let's say having an interaction or a conversation that feels overwhelming or difficult is to take a timeout. Literally, you can go to the bathroom, step outside for a minute. If it's freezing cold outside, you find some other part of the house that you can take a minute to yourself. I think it's really difficult sometimes, you know, when we're in situations where there are a lot of people, it might be a little hard to manage or notice our emotional state. But if you can kind of check in with yourself, how am I doing? What do I need right now? When you're in social situations and starting to feel tense, is to allow yourself to have an out. And- You know, just saying that, hey, yeah, I need to use the restroom real quick and finding a couple of minutes by yourself to take some deep breaths and sort of regroup is a great way, I think, for self-care kind of in a pinch or when you need to in the moment. You know, sometimes people, I'm not going to name any names, have been known to hide from time to time when social situations get too overwhelming. I'm raising my hand, but you can't see it occasionally, yeah, just taking your own time out, however you need it. It's okay. It's okay to take a break, especially if you're an introvert, especially if you're a highly sensitive person and you need a slight break, it's okay to do that. This episode is supported by Dr. Mara Tesler-Stein and the Touchstone Institute for Psychotherapy and Training. As a perinatal mental health therapist, understanding the neurobiology of trauma and how to effectively and efficiently intervene with traumatized clients will raise the quality of care that you provide to the families that you see. I've been seeing this firsthand, just being in the very beginning of my EMDR training and applying some of these foundational skills to the client's issues that have been stuck with other forms of therapy that we've used. I've seen a lot of movement in a very short period of time with some really difficult challenges and trauma. If you've wanted to be trained in EMDR but wish that you could do so with your fellow PMH specialists, consider taking your foundational EMDR training with Dr. Mara Tesler-Stein, an Mdria approved trainer with the Institute for Creative Mindfulness and the Touchstone Institute for Psychotherapy and Training. If you're interested in learning more about the trainings and whether they're a good fit for you, go to docmara.com slash training or email mara at docmara.com. All right. So some other things that are incredibly important, relatively easy, but very hard to do, are to say no and to say yes. You know, sometimes with all these feelings of obligation, people do feel like they're supposed to just say yes to things that they don't want to do. Because I don't know, it could be many, many things. It could be tradition. It could be culture. It could be because it's something you've always done, or it could just be pressure from other people. But I think allowing yourself to pick some times where you say no to things that you feel obligated to do or be a part of, or, you know, take a pass on certain types of gatherings if you're really not up for it. Again, really thinking about what your needs are and what is sustainable for you is really important. And to that end, it's okay to say no to things. So give yourself permission to say no when you need to. And that can change. You might say yes to something first. You might say, yeah, I'll go to that event. I'll go to this party. And your needs might change. And it's okay to say no or to back out of things if you find that it is not suitable for you. And so a different aspect of this is then knowing when to say yes. Knowing when to say yes when people ask for help or they offer something to you. I'm going to say, especially for pregnant and postpartum moms, families who've been through loss, if anybody is offering you help and you tend to say no, because either you want to do things yourself or you don't want to burden anybody, or you think what they're offering is quote unquote too much. Again, I think it's really powerful to sit and think about what your needs are. And if that type of help could be supportive to you, then allow yourself to receive support. Allow yourself to say yes to things that are nurturing and loving or take some of the stress off of your plate. So what are those things for you? What can you say no to? What can you say yes to? And it's also okay if those things change with time, change day by day, change minute by minute, really allowing yourself the flexibility and compassion to kind of look at what your needs are, think about what your needs are and allow them to be attended to either by you or by other people is an absolutely essential part of self-care sustainability, being able to sustain yourself over time, and also, frankly, to keep relationships with people like nice and clean and tidy so that those resentments don't start to build up. On the other side of all of this, there's guilt, right? That's usually what keeps people from saying yes or saying no or setting a boundary is some sort of guilt coming up about what we're supposed to be able to do or should be doing. So I'm calling it out. I'm saying, hey, guilt, I see you. I think you're full of it and we are going to be making it a different and more compassionate choice for ourselves this time. You can talk to yourself like that. You can talk to your feelings in that way. And another really powerful way is to really, again, ask yourself, what do I need right now? When you have feelings coming up, when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel sad, when you feel anxious, when you feel angry, all of which are totally fine and normal feelings to have, instead of telling yourself, oh, I shouldn't feel that way, or what's wrong with me, or, oh, I'm such a terrible person, I'm such a terrible mom, ask yourself instead, gosh, what is it that I need right now? These emotions are trying to tell me something. How can I attend to myself with more compassion, with more loving attention? How can I give myself what I need right now, or, and, ask for what I need right now? And the last thing I'm going to address is maybe the most important, I don't know, it kind of depends, but sleep, 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 sleep. There's so much going on in and around the holidays. There's a million things on your list to do, I'm sure. But if sleep and self-care are not on that list, you will be depleted. Absolutely it's exhausting. This can all be very, very exhausting. Again, if you have a really great self-care regimen, and these are things that you are able to do for yourself pretty easily, then you may already know that you have more energy, that like cheerful, joyful holiday spirit is a little more intact when you have enough sleep. Sometimes what keeps people from, you know, sleeping, getting the sleep that they need, or even staying up too long during this period of time is that that list is there. The Either the kids go to bed and finally you have time to, I don't know, wrap presents. Or, you know, you're just trying to shove whatever you can into every last minute of the day. And while some of those things might be necessary from time to time, if that's happening every day and there's no restoration, there's no downtime, there's no sleep time, then all of this other stuff, the boundaries, the saying no, the saying yes, all of that gets much harder. So it's, you know, sleep during the holidays, especially with all of the stress and all of the places you have to go and travel and, you know, attending to all of these other things, sleep is pretty essential.
2: If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy the Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of the Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely gonna find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy.
0: especially if you're pregnant, especially if you've experienced a loss and especially if you have new babies. It is absolutely okay to not do everything you've always done during this period of time. It's okay to accept help. It's okay to say no. It's okay to have boundaries. It's okay to do all of that stuff coming back around to what I talked about in the beginning is that this period of time has like double, triple layers of stress. Not only with your pregnant or postpartum self, are you dealing with the emotional, mental, physical changes is that oftentimes we think we're supposed to still do all of the things that we did before now also while pregnant or postpartum or experiencing loss. I'm going to give you permission and I hope you can give yourself permission to not do everything. Really sit with yourself. Think about what your needs have been in the past that you've ignored. Sit with yourself and think about what you anticipate feeling stressed out by and find places where you can make small adjustments, places where you can say no, places where you can say yes, places where you can set time limits on things. And then cherry on top is to try not feel guilty about it. So what are some other ways that you manage stress for yourself, especially during the holidays? Maybe this can be part of your new holiday regimen is to also think about the things that you need in order to sustain yourself through this period of time. Maybe your new holiday tradition is how to stay feeling like yourself and keeping your energy, thinking about what you need. I have no doubt that most people are thinking about what other people need, and it's a little bit strange to take a step back and really think about what you need, especially during that, like a high-stress time like the holidays. But it's okay. You can. What's on your list? What do you do? Do you take baths? Do you do yoga? Do you take walks by yourself? Do you need to connect with a friend? Do you need to have some alone time? Do you need to have time with your partner? What are the things that feel restorative to you? What are the things that help you feel whole and good? Make your list, make that list something that you can come back to and remind yourself. It doesn't have to be really anything that costs money, although it can be if that's your thing, but there are ways that we can take care of ourselves during really any period of time, but especially during the holidays that are restorative, that just take a little bit of time. And maybe you need a lot of time. I don't know what you need, but that's the part where you come in and Really, really think about for yourself. You don't have to spend hours thinking about it. A couple minutes a day. What do I need today? When you wake up in the morning, whether a baby's waking you up or somebody's snoring waking you up, when you finally do kind of wake up, what is it that you need? How is it that you can set your intentions for the day towards wholeness and self care and self compassion? So I hope you can do that. I hope you can take a couple of minutes for yourself and really, really think about that. It's not selfish. I don't want to hear that. (laughs) I'm going to call you out on it. If you're saying that to yourself right now, this is not a selfish act. Taking care of yourself, having compassion really actually does so many things. It allows you to feel better, but it also allows you to be more present with other people. So I'm glad I could come in and check in with everyone. I would love to hear what you do for self-care. Please feel free to jump onto the Mom and Mind Facebook page and Share what you do. Share what is restorative to you. Maybe something that you do will be inspiring for somebody else. So we'll be sharing on Instagram. We'll be sharing on the Facebook page. I would love to hear from you and I'll share with you some of what I do. Some of the things that I do are about connecting with other people and having meaningful conversations. That feels restorative to me or picking a day or night to sit on the couch with my kids and cuddle and watch a movie or to have date night with my husband. Or to go on a walk by myself and listen to podcasts or listen to music or call a friend. Sometimes it's taking some time alone by myself at night after kids are asleep to meditate or to just sit in silence, sit and be quiet and see what comes up in my busy brain. So those are just a couple of things that I like to do. What are the things that you like to do? I'd love to hear from you. You can either tell us on Facebook or on Instagram or even send me an email, at gmail.com I'd love to know what works for you. All right. Well, I wish you all the best holiday season, and I hope you can find those meaningful moments where you're able to connect and attend to yourself, find those sweet spots where you're able to restore a little bit, and then still able to connect with everyone that you love. If you know of anybody who could use this kind of support, please pass it along. Send over the podcast. Our goal and aim here is really to get as many moms as possible, as many dads as possible, to hear all of these really important episodes and feel the support and know that they are not alone. Connect with us on Facebook at Mom and Mind, on Instagram at Mom and Mind. And I thank you so much for being with us. Until next time, thank you so much for joining us today. Please share this podcast. Together we can support moms and families so that no one has to deal with this alone. Come connect with us at momandmind.com.